0: On this episode of Whale Cave, Randy and Jason Sklar heckle a legendary guitarist, Lauren Weedman tries to impress Annie DeFranco, and host Matt Price gets inspired by a member of Guns N' Roses. Whale Cave starts now.
1: Alright, welcome to Whale Cave. My name is Matt Price. I'm the host of Whale Cave. That was a little Rogue Wave you were just listening to. I haven't heard Rogue Wave in a while, and it popped up on the iTunes, and I was like, what happened to those guys? So I'm promoting them here on Whale Cave all day. That's going to bring them back. Whale Cave. Off of Descended Like Vultures. We got a great, great show today. Uh, My friends Randy and Jason Sklar are here. Hilarious. Lauren Weedman is here. And uh, before I talk to Randy and Jay, I want to talk about... uh, Well, I moved. I moved recently. And um, for those of you who have never moved, what? You've never moved? (laughs) Um, But moving, as you know, it's a serious pain in the ass, and it costs a lot of money usually. um, Unless you throw it all in the back of your Scion or whatever, and you're going back and forth. But it it costs a lot of money. And so I decided, I was like, I got to be bare with my money. So I go to Barnes & Noble. And I uh I go to get a book on, you know, managing your money, whatever. And I walk out of there. This will show you how I'm not good with money. I walk out of there with Duff McKagan's autobiography. It's so easy and other lies. No book on managing your money. But let me tell you something. This book I'm holding my hand. It's really good. I read it in like four days. And I'm not a I'm not a fast reader. I didn't pick up like like, you know, fifty shades of not that I probably read fifty shades of gray, but I didn't, I don't I'm not a fast reader, is my point. So I'm reading the book and it's just what you think it'd be, like a lot of you know, debauchery, a lot of sex, a lot a lot like my life, a lot of heroin. And um I'm actually thinking, God, this is nothing like my life. It's crazy. There's not there's not a thing that Duff McKagan has ever done that I've done except maybe like walk and breathe. But anyway, so so I'm reading the book and it's it's excellent. It's really good. I highly recommend it. And I get to the end of the book and Duff McKagan inspires me, not because he totally uh, you know, redeems himself and goes to this crazy drug addiction and gets out on the other side, which is very inspiring. But he inspires me because he goes to business school. He goes to the University of Seattle and gets his business degree. He goes to get his business degree. And I'm like, dude, you have to be like Duff McKagan. You've got to get your money in order. So I go back to Barnes & Noble, and I kid you not, I walk out of there with Eric Clapton's autobiography. <laughs> <laughs> Just proving that I'm such... An idiot, but let me tell you something. Slow hand is amazing. All right, that was not Guns N' Roses. That was more Rogue Wave. Maybe could have had a hit of Guns N' Roses right there, or some slow hand. <laughs> Either one. But I'm, I'm going Rogue Wave today, all day. I want those? I'm bringing those guys back. Czech Republic, I know you're listening out to Whale Cave. Chile, come on, help me out. All right. First guest today, good friends of mine, old friends of mine, um, knew them in college. Had a, they were in the stand-up scene. I was in the improv scene, and uh, watched them ascend through the comedy ranks. They're right now. Um, they're are you recurring on Partners? Mm-hmm. We are recurring on Partners on CBS. Can I mention that? I already yeah, did. Please, please do. Please. And they have a so they've, they have a bunch of TV stuff. That's what's currently happening. Also, Scarborough Country and County as well. Uh, podcast. always top, uh, top podcast on, uh, on iTunes. Thanks, man. Um, Randy, Jason Sklar, thank you for being here on Whale Cave. I don't even know if a one introduction can properly,
0: fully introduce how we, how intertwined our lives are. Well, that's I mean, a whole podcast in of itself. At each other's weddings. And sure. Parts of the bachelor parties. and Parts of it. <laughs> parts of it. <laughs> the non-Death McHagany parts. I yes. think one of the guys from Rogue Wave died not to bring it really down, but i think that's why they're not making a comeback
1: <laughs> the one so of the sad. one of the main i think one of the main dudes of rogue wave died because i know zach rogue who i believe is i think he's the lead singer he's not dead he's i think he's still doing stuff he's still doing stuff i, I like that. you said when you he, said i'm
0: going rogue wave it was sort of a nod well, to I the old Sarah he's Palin. think i'm, actually, yeah, well, I'm trying to bring palin. back sarah palin i actually I think the lead singer zach rogue is leaving the band He's oh, is gonna, that right? He's just gonna go out on his own.
1: Well, there's gonna be some editing. He's done going rogue. He's yes. gonna go out
0: on his own. He's gonna go rogue. He's, he's just gonna. Gonna, he's gonna go. Wow. He's just All gonna right. leave the band when they don't know about it. You can still buy this music, though, people. It's still good. You introduced me to that Lake his Michigan was the, Zach Rogue, and he's going out on his own. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> was it Lake Michigan <laughs> that you put on a holodisc? So one good. Of your disc might, have been, yeah, oh, might have been like Michigan. So I'm a
1: huge fan of Rogue Wave. I rogue just Wave. want to see them do well. I agree. Well, speaking of introducing each other, music, you guys have always introduced me to a lot. Lot of music, um, I love doing that, and vice versa, man. And vice like versa,
0: f- and vice versa, and um,
1: <laughs> and we were talking before, and uh, because I like talking to people about how that when they sort of got into music, and especially people whose musical tastes I really like, yeah. And you were saying how you've, I mean, you've like humble beginnings for us, humble beginnings. Midwest. Well,
0: when you think about what we were into in I the mean, Midwest, and and and, I, and how much. How off our tastes were. I get pissed at the younger us for not in the 80s, like being on the Morrissey train or on the Smith. Yeah, why you know? why like, didn't why, we like, like the Smiths? Like, I, I listen to it now and I relate to it, but I'm like, God, the younger me would have been so into this. Why did I not pick this up? And why was I not into it? It's like,
1: yeah, the, the super God, cool theater. Like when I started getting into theater in high school, yeah. that's when I was like, oh, Tim Herbert likes this guy named Elvis Costello. Yeah.
0: Wow, I was Costello, I kind of knew about, but not really. But it was more like, why don't we know about these things? We like, were into like right. in high school. We were into like reggae, like Bob Marley, like deep into like Bob Marley. We went and that Jimmy Cliff, direction when we like, should have gone. Pretty cool. It was pretty school, cool. I think. Yeah, and like Barrington Levy, he was like a sort of bizarre like uh, reggae, and we loved Van Morrison. There were there were good things that we liked, but then we also we were been on into the tip like, of like, like, we should have like, known that, like ah, why don't we know the the like that was a weird thing <laughs> that like we should have known the the like I feel like again with who we were we could have taken ownership in that sort of stuff but instead we were like fans of Journey which not bad but like you nothing know nothing wrong with Journey Journey in Boston and Rush and sure, saw Rush twice and, typical trajectory you know. yeah cause St. Louis we're from St. Louis so like the, the fact were... that we missed the Van Halen concert when, we, when it came around that was like a point of soreness right. you know yeah. in our lives like what we didn't go to like we saw 1984 tour yes Eighty four, like 84. that's the one we should have gone the to. Jump tour. We jump were all hot Panama for teachers swinging around <laughs> thing and all that. like stuff. I want to see if Michael Anthony is really three foot six you know? <laughs> <laughs> and four hundred pounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but we, but probably the biggest example of us getting it wrong was when Randy won tickets to see Huey Lewis and the News in concert from the Walk with Israel. First of all, Walk with Israel, definitely an Louis. event that shows you that you should not hold exercise events it was <laughs> it's not like a it's like an exercise event it's not a three point it, it's not like a, a 10 mile run like a 10k run or a 25 mile bike ride it's a 3.2 mile walk and it's also
1: walk. it's also subtitled or until you get tired well no that was it. it
0: like inevitably 80 people would go down exactly. with heat exhaustion every year it's like a yeah. 3.2 mile walk you don't have to run there was a medical tent that was like a rolling hospice, essentially. People would, like, stop for lunch midway <laughs> because through. Because there was a Simon Cohn kosher restaurant, like, in the middle of the, tr- the path. They were like, you know what? I'm going to go for a nosh, and yeah. then we'll hit the last big yeah. hill. Like, people stopping literally. At point six, .6. Yeah, yeah, .6 left. Yeah. Just imagine like, it this way. 4,000 Jews in St. Louis, like, walking and blocking traffic. And we kind of wonder why the world <laughs> hates us. You there it is. start at that point. There's your reason back. right there. So, but they had a contest, and I remember signing up for tickets to see Huey Lewis in the news. This is like at their height. I want a new drug. This is before Power of Love, I think. Which, by the way, I went back and watched. You can watch the rehearsals of uh, We Are the
1: World. Oh right, yeah, because they made a little mini documentary. Yeah, they made a mini yeah. doc,
0: and you hear what's amazing is because we know the song so well, you know where the singers got to in their sure. final takes that they but used. You can See their you see first their process. Takes. I gotta say this about Huey Lewis, man, not the best voice in the world, but he nails it mm-hmm. every time. He gets it. Like Cindy Lauper had to ramp up to where she was going. He nails it every time. And just powerful. Like, I had to say, Hugh Lewis, for a guy who didn't swing with the biggest you-know-what, he kind of <laughs> walked around like... I love that you're censoring yourself on a podcast. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, it's, I don't know who it is. I don't know if Hazel's listening. So he, he, This is big for two-year-olds. So, But he did kind of walk in there like, I can sing with the best. Like, he sang... Like he he was so proud of his voice, it was great. Well, he was at the peak of his he career. He was at the at peak that time, of his career. He was like, super famous. So this is the time when we went when when you won tickets to see the concert. Well, they and, called me afterwards and they said uh, called at home and said you won you won the ticket. And i have never won a contest in my life, but we were what, what like twelve, maybe we 12, were twelve, yeah. And they were sixth row tickets to see Huey Lewis in the news, and we needed someone to take us. We didn't want our parents to take us, and so. <laughs> he, it's like they, you can't take us like you can't this is a concert you can't take us had you
1: been to any concerts we the had we'd really? been to
0: Loverboy and Joan Jett as, as, as 12
1: year olds uh, or yeah, earlier like, it's like yeah, 11, 11 year years old wow. saw
0: Genesis on the Genesis tour Home by the Sea second Home by the Sea <laughs> put the balls on those guys <laughs> <laughs> it's like they we didn't say all we needed to say at home by the sea. We got to do a second no, home. By they're, the they're covering the whole cul de sac because it's right by the sea. Balls seat. on these guys. Anyway, <laughs> if you can Gabriel would have got it all done in one home oh, by the, the sea, but that was the old Genesis. But uh, so we saw that, and we saw Rush on the Grace Under Pressure tour. And wow! I think this kind and of power p- windows, and power windows. But I think we 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 kind of this fit in the. And middle. There, we had a Hebrew school teacher, this guy who was really cool and and in from Chicago into I don't know. Concerts. He took a bunch of people to concerts. He would do that as like in a, in a in a nice way, so that like parents wouldn't do it. He would take like right kid. and it wasn't in a creepy way no, um, it, the, the way I now as I'm mentioning <laughs> I it if like some never adult man kids. wanted my son yeah. to go to a concert with him I'd say oh your up. kid
1: wants to go see Huey Lewis sure yeah yeah I got a Pontiac Phoenix my- <laughs> i pull up go <laughs>
0: He yeah, actually had, what he had, a Toyota Supra? I don't know. Um, got some Twizzlers in the back. Yeah, in the back. And so, we, uh, so, he, so he was unavailable. So we had to call. He was he
1: was taking another kid. No, he yeah. couldn't
0: go. Maybe it was on Shabbat. I don't know what it was. But I got another I, kid going to minute work. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, got, uh, I got Todd Hartstein going over to. I might be able to, to drop him off, pick you up. I got Hartstein going over to, uh, you yeah. know. Let me check my fog hat. <laughs> we got fog hats in town. Springsteen's down Park in Stein Illinois in the, uh, at a casino. So your first option's done. So we ended up having to go with the older brother of a set of twins. Who were like a couple years ahead of us? Who, who always gave us their old sport coats. So like the Z- and the best <laughs> name ever, the Ziegelman twins, the Ziegelman. Larry and Terry Zeigelman. So like, they little older It's like you. if you were, it's like if you were coming out with Jewish villains, the Ziegelmans. Like ah, anyway. great Zeigelmans yeah, are here, the you and know. And so Larry and Terry were always a little bigger than us, and then they they would always give us their old matching blue blazers, coats, which we hated to match. So it was like, but it, they were free blazers. It's like, you can't turn them down. You can't turn on free bl- twin But blazers. it was the time that you were forced to dress similar because the goddamn right? right. Yeah, sure. Free so the stuff. Ziegleman's had an older brother, David Ziegleman, who, who was like a, like a model. He was male, like a model. male model. <laughs> 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 As I'm saying I like just, he was like a male but it, model. But it was, it was a nice guy, but definitely was not, was less into... Like doing it for the kids and sort of like when he wasn't like way. the Hebrew school teacher. He was just like, yeah, I'll go to this concert. I don't care. I, I would see this concert, and so, but I got to take these like twelve year old boys to this right. concert. So, so it was we got like, a it was Nightmare for him, and he he's probably was probably two. about 18, eighteen or nineteen, right? So, so he takes us to the concert, and he's a model in St. Louis. Like yeah. a St. Louis male, good looking guy, right? So we're so we go to the uh, <laughs> we go to the like, con- St. Louis I modeling, <laughs> Can I help you know, probably hooked up while we were at the concert. We didn't know about it, right? So we're at right. the concert. Sixth row. And His, who opens up? Who opens up for him? Stevie Ray Vaughn. Oh, okay. Really? This before he died. Stevie <laughs> Ray Vaughn. Stevie <laughs> Ray Vaughn is is like tearing down the house. A ten thousand seat arena, which is And he's doing great, and he's for him. It's like, hey, I get a chance to probably play my music in front of more people than I've ever played before in my life. You know, I mean, but and also he's such a talent. I mean, he's like the most talented thing we'd see the entire night with Stevie Ray Vaughan doing his thing. But for us, all this guy was was the roadblock keeping us from seeing (laughs) Huey Lewis in the news. So after every song close enough that I'm sure he heard <laughs> probably heard we're in the sixth row we're like get off <laughs> we want the news like you we want a new drug we want a new drug yeah. we're yelling get off to Steve Ray Vaughn we're, we're uh, then he died Sure. then he after. died <laughs> and, I, and I you kind of get... take
1: some of that on I
0: mean,
1: I, sure take some I'm not of saying it was
0: our fault but you but take that, some of that on you know.
1: should have gone to the funeral and worn those blazers <laughs> 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 and as he's being lowered in be like
0: get off Next! Next! <laughs> Next! Oh, man. <laughs> who goes to a funeral and yells, Next! <laughs> the Zieglemans do. That's who does. Ziegelman. Larry Ziegelman. and Terry Ziegleman. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so <laughs> that was our here we awesome. the news story. That is great. Ridiculous. Mm. Mm. Um, and you also, I mean, we've, I feel like, well, then your music evolved, obviously, because you've, you've given me so much good music. But then you've also, I feel like, you've opened for bands, but you also performed. I, weren't you saying... That's always tricky,
0: you know, the opening for a band. Yeah, I mean, opened- One time we opened for the band of, band of horses at the palace. We opened... One time we opened for Tenacious D at the palace here, which is now the Avalon. Right. About 1,800 seats. I mean, pretty amazing. And it was pretty full. And that was really fun because it's comedy and music and people... It was a great introduction to the D's audience and they really wanted the D and someone else performed. Then we came up and then they came up. So... That was, we felt like we won them over through that. But, uh, we did Band of Horses and we did like one great, like 15 minute chunk. Mm -hmm. Then, like, somebody came up, then right before Band of Horses, we got we got a little Bugs Bunny hubris. We are like, oh, we can handle this. Come Let's on. go back there and we'll do another great. bit. Let's do you more. You should have <laughs> just taken the money and run. You should have just been like, and now Band of Horses. We just got greedy, and we're like, we'll do another, and it just ended right, the tap, yeah, like, into the toilet. And it was just, and it left you with the worst feeling, and then you're, of course, performing right in front of the Band of Horses. But it was really fun to do that. It doesn't always work out that way. Uh, we did characters in the movie... My baby's daddy. Uh-huh. With, uh huh. With Anthony Anderson and Eddie Griffin and Michael Imperioli that were similar to the character that you played on uh, Part 2F, mm-hmm. which, you know, was born out of Double Agents, what you were doing there, the P-dogs. Which was born out of a sketch you did.
1: Right, in, uh, in Michigan, in my sketch group Comic Not in company. Michigan, it was at. Oh, was it? it oh, no, you're right. Common? No, it did. It didn't. started in New York. Sorry, it you was in New York, Tom. you're right, yeah. It was a two man show. It was you a you Highly improvable. It came from Highly improvable. I don't even sketch. think it came from Highly Improvable. I think it came from a two-man
0: show that you did with Tom Cohen uh, upstairs on Fourth Street at the Red oh, Room maybe KGB.
1: It did. KGB. Maybe it KGB. Did. Yeah, well, in the red room, yeah, in the red room, okay, and you did. I'll Have a- to read my autobiography. Jesus Christ, got to get it next time. Duncan wrote it. it Duff 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 is, reading uh,
0: is reading it. He wrote, a- he's reading your autobiography. Next time you are looking for a, an accounting for dummies book, <laughs> just pick up your. Uh, so yeah, it was that. It was this. Scary- it was a white rapper type guy, or like hip hop a- kind of like. Well, you did it as a kid who went away to camp and sort of came back as like a hip hop kid, and his older brother was trying to relate to him, and now he was all all street. And
1: so we. And now, um, let's just clarify for the audience. That's like mid '90s, early late it was '90s. So.
0: Pre, before people were doing that sort of thing. I mean, Danny Hawk was maybe the only person. Barry who, Sobel kind of did it in his stand-up a little bit. Yep. But yep. he, but he would bounce out of that, and, and he, that wasn't. less, less sort of, defined. It was mm-hmm. more of just Danny, Danny Hawk was, was doing it like hardcore, but not. F- no, so that's why so I didn't rip off Barry Sobel. That's all I care about.
1: You didn't. Because I, I ripped. That's off,
0: all I, it, I need right now is you and your bags. Yeah, <laughs> classic Barry. So uh, let me lift up the airport and see if your bags fling out. Right. Yeah, I mean, it, but it was, was it was someone in a re- in reaction to the Beastie Boys. Absolutely, you know it, what I mean. Kind well, of a lot of like,
1: kids. I, a lot of all wanted kids saw the Beastie to be boys, them. They were yeah. like oh, I want to be Mike D. Yeah. I want to be
0: all of them. Yeah. I want to be. You know. I
1: want to date Ione Sky. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's what they were thinking.
0: Uh. And so. Uh, so you done that. And so we played these characters in this uh movie that Michael Imperially managed, uh, The Brothers Styles, which were like these white rappers. And it was really fun to do. I mean, super fun. But we had to record a song that actually made it on the album, made it on the mm-hmm. – and, and that we performed in the movie. So it was like on playback. It was like a video. And we were like these – I remember, you know, working on the – uh we worked on the album and worked like recorded in the studio where Snoop Dogg recorded uh, Doggy Style style, (laughs) like you know, with like producers, and they were like, we got high, everyone got high. It was like a whole like thing to like write the rap. and we actually sat around and could try to contribute lyrics, which think, we did. We got, I got think a couple of things that got in there, but like it was really fun, and they were explaining to us how to do it and how they wanted us and and we recorded a rap. I think song. the line we had was like a double barrel shotgun were hot and black on the inside. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was our joke, so <laughs> but, <laughs> but like super fun, and then in the movie, it played well, and it was funny. And then they had, the, so it got in the movie. Got, got in, in the, the movie, movie, and then they had like the C- CD release party and it was on the
1: soundtrack. Yeah, so it's on. I was going to say it's on the soundtrack. soundtrack. And they had
0: the CD release party, which was at Hollywood and Highland. Like upstairs, there's a huge club that see that maybe you can get eleven sure. hundred people in. Now rate. this was also the weekend that I the week, that was, this was on a Monday, and that weekend is when I proposed to my now wife. So oh, no, I was what? up in Big Sur. We were together and. Then this opportunity came up or something along the lines where I knew I had to come home. So I was sort of like rushing us out of this like weekend so that we could get to this rehearsal for this thing on time which is the dumbest thing in the world in retrospect I res- I regret every minute of getting out of there early <laughs> yeah exactly it's like the beginning of me like compromising things by like trying to rush us out of like this serene like relaxing like yeah. couples we should night. have just said no thanks We don't. you don't need to have us performing at it but they're like yeah you guys will do comedy and then you'll perform your song or and- you'll be funny it'll be a-, a blast and so we get there and no, the so, looks-
1: so the rehearsal for the party where you're gonna do yeah the it was dance. like I we were it, supposed okay. to be there
0: at 5 for a sound check but like we we you know we're not a touring band so it's not like we've been performing this song for months we recorded it in a studio and then it was in the movie on playback and then this is the first time we've done it and it's like been a year to do it on our own without playback without anything right yeah and I don't even are. remember the words. I mean it's like it, it was crazy. And so we show up and we're on time and no one's there. I'm like I'm so glad I got here on time. Like the sound guy isn't even there. Uh, <laughs> and then we hang out for Which a- by the way no one's ever said that as a good quality for a rapper. Brother you know? be prompt. Brother be prompt. I'll <laughs> He'd be say so this about him. He be on time. <laughs> they are early. So we just are waiting for people to get there. Finally, we do, we, we get to re- rehearse it once, and we're terrible. I'm like, this isn't going to go. It's going to be bad. And we're like, I don't do you, know if people... Do you can, have
1: it memorized Yeah, at, this at point? that point, we had had it memorized. Oh, okay.
0: We we had worked on a little bit. and we Trying to do it with the sound and the thing and do it in the same time. Yeah. And it's like when you record it, it's different than when it's you... It's not do. like your stand-up that you've been working for months and months and months. It's like a brand new thing. And so... You know, we're like, how many people are going to be here? I, in so my mind, I'm like, well, it's going to be like a few hundred people it won't matter. There were like 1,500 people. I, there were probably 1,100. I think you could fit in there, and the, it jammed. I mean, there was <laughs> how, jam how packed. Let's break. check. Let's check the let's fact. See, yeah. I don't know. 1,500 sounds were people like on the line. sides. I'm, 1, I'm going to say 1,500 sounds 500. like. Then hold it at the plate. I'm going to you. Candy Crowley mean? this real right. quick. Don't Candy Crowley. You're going to fact, fact check it. A reality check on CNN. So we. I love it on the Candy Crowley fact check when everyone's right. It's like, really? We needed to cut to them to say that everybody was right? So exactly. Like, all fact right. check it when it's wrong. So, so, so we, uh, we're backstage and there's like a, a group of, a group of like the, like the next SWV, sisters with voices yeah. or whatever. They're there. back there and then there's another group, R&B R&B group, another guy. And, and, and so we're backstage pre show, pre show and we're hanging out. People are talking to us and whatnot. And then Dominique Wilkins' brother, this is maybe the <laughs> Who owns a retro clothing sort of thing. That's kind of based on his brother's... In L.A.? N- I don't know where he's located. He was somehow invited to... I guess to Atlanta this. or Hot Atlanta. Hot so Atlanta. He brings... but it's not... Ger- Gerald Wilkins is what? His cousin? Gerald Wilkins is his cousin, right. Okay. So Dominique Wilkins. Or maybe it's his other brother. You know what I mean? Okay. It's but it's Wilkins's not... He's brother. not a, Okay. No. It's Dominique's brother. Neek's brother. And he comes... Human highlight. Human film. highlight. He comes brother. backstage. <laughs> and he's got like jerseys. Big, oversized, like jerseys. And, you know, we're like, oh, well, he's like, will you wear these when you perform? And we were like, sure, it's better than what we have on. I mean, it may, it looks more convincing of a rap right. thing than what we have then on. Than your scoop necks, whatever. Than whatever <laughs> I got, my right. J. Crew roll neck, whatever. Right, yeah. And so, like, I, so, I mean, so he, we, we put on the things and they're kind of like generic, like no There's logo the colors of the Atlanta Hawks, but, but like no you can't logo. use the Atlanta you can Hawks tell that he got no clearance to do these things. <laughs> yeah. So they're like sort of like his brother. It's like and- the Jack in the box commercial. Now they've got out with like the Philly cheesesteak thing where they're all supposed to be from Philly and no one has a Philly accent whatsoever. They kind of <laughs> sound like they're from New York and one guy comes to the dinner table wearing like a. What looks like a Flyers jersey, but it's like a spaceship. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> right. like, what is this? Yeah. What? You know, but whatever. It, it, is, it is Philly. I mean, it is a Philly cheesesteak, but what you're wearing is not a Flyers jersey. Right. So clearly you don't like Philadelphia. So it's that sort of a thing. Like, you know, you know, something's not true when, like, you see, like, a guy wearing a sweatshirt and it's like someone playing soccer and says, like, San Francisco sports. <laughs> I'm like you know? a sailboat. <laughs> right. You're like, what? What sailing sports? San Francisco. <laughs> so it's like the non Lie but behind it all right <laughs> so polo like, we go up there to perform and it's packed and we do the, we try and to do like, some comedy we first we tr- we try to do a bit at the top wearing the jerseys wearing the jerseys yeah yeah wearing the jerseys bad Uh, idea nobody nobody's nobody's liking it and no one wants to hear anything of what we're saying because they just want to hear music it's a CD release part they don't want to hear Chopper 4 they don't want to hear Chopper 4 or KC95 (laughs) or whatever we did the the Passover list we just kind of (laughs) we just barreled through it I mean it was just like literally barreled. through it it was a mistake from the get go and then they put on the music and we are average at best and missing some of the ly- lyrics and like all the like six people we brought with like are still on the dance floor. Like I think once we started doing it like people said started- everybody left. Like oh, it's my time to get a drink and hors d'oeuvres. Turning so they- away and they- talking <laughs> to each other. <laughs> it was su- it was such a bad performance and you also feel bad. Like you can h- somewhat handle performing horribly with your own material because you're like well I've seen it work at other places right, yeah. and whatnot. And blame it's like, the audience it's like but to do it with someone else's words and you feel like this is not us and this isn't a bad representation of who we are who knows who's in the crowd there's 1100 to 1500 people there <laughs> and so we get off stage and this is the best moment of the whole thing so we're sitting in the green room afterwards nobody's talking no us. one's talking to us at all everyone was like, who was talking to us before is now nobody's saying like I'll walk us. over and grab a carrot and you can just hear every crunch of the baby carrot in there it's just like <laughs> silence in there and all of a sudden like Dominic Wilkins brother comes back peeks his head back peeks in his head room. back in just like you can hear the shuffling of his feet and he comes <laughs> up to us in a voice that is low but everybody can hear everyone it. He heard started. it he just looked at us and was like yeah, I'm gonna need those jerseys back. <laughs> so, so he had, took back the I to, like, shitty jerseys, take the crappy jerseys, <laughs> and I was like, I didn't even want, want it anyway. But just like taking it away from you was just such yeah. a, like it was a it was the punctuation onto right. the crappiness. It was a jersey of pride that you had to give away. Took and the off. ghost mm-hmm. of Stevie Ray Vaughan was in the corner going, next, next. exactly. Get, Get him off!
1: Get him off! <laughs> Serves <pride> us right, All right. Uh, well, thanks, guys. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks for stopping by Whale Cave. Love it. It's a blast. Randy and Jason Sklar. Always funny. You can uh, you can hear them every week. They have two podcasts, actually. They have Sklarbro Country. And then if you want a little more, you can go to Sklarbro County. They have both... Uh, Sort of geographical destinations, if you're interested. Also, Matt Belknap, always at the ready with fact-checking, looked up Club Deviate. Is that what it was called? There's a club within a club. There's a club within a club uh, there with a on Hollywood and Highland here in uh, um, Los Angeles. Uh, one, there's conflicting information. The club within the club said it was 600 capacity. The, the whole thing, though, said it was 1,400 plus. Three rooms. Three rooms. How do you perform? Including, including exactly... Unless you're a teleporter, and that's your performing. Anyway, so anyway, we're just sort of verifying and sort of debating right now, <laughs> much like this this whole fact checking going on with Obama and Romney. Woo! You don't know who's telling the truth, so we're just giving you some information. You can regurgitate it, do whatever you want. I'd like to move on to the next guest here, Lauren Weedman, folks. How do you describe Lauren Weidman? Uh, host of The Moth here in Santa Monica. Amazing performer. I've seen many of her shows. She's actually doing some... Uh, she's. I, I think she's like the queen of the one-person show. She's doing. Uh, she's got some coming up in Portland and in Trenton. Not at the same time. She's not a shapeshifter, or what I say, teleporter. Uh, and that you go see them if you live in those areas. Uh, and she's also told me to tell you that uh, when she appears on podcasts, she is often hit or missed.
2: I didn't want you to say hilarious. You didn't want me to say hilarious? because no, I feel like then people are like, nah. I don't think I said hilarious. No, I know you didn't. I, oh. I wasn't saying that. I told you not to say that. I meant like, that's why when you said, I think I'll introduce you and say the hilarious. And I was like, oh, right. what a letdown you, you, for people. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, it's like people are like, she's beautiful. And you walk in the room and they're like, not in all lighting. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah. I think it's better to sort of lower the.
1: Okay, well, the bar has been sufficiently low. Yeah,
2: it is hit or miss. Yeah. I never know what's my what's if, what if I get a, a wave of angst, or all of a sudden I'm like, dear God, we all are going to die. You know what I mean? Something hits you. I agree. The next thing you know, you're off. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, folks, uh, by the way, I haven't mentioned this yet. You can oh. email me at matt, M-A-T-T, at whalecave.com about anything we've talked about, including if weedman is hilarious.
2: Yeah. That's so will you be
1: the judge? I mean. Totally. Audience. Um. Well, I, I look forward to seeing... How uh, you? If you are hilarious, me too. And also, Weedman has told me that she thinks I end these podcasts too abruptly. Well, so I'm th- going to do it.
2: I don't think it's too. abrupt. Are we over?
1: No, <laughs> but you'll know. Yeah, I going like to be super abrupt. Me one
2: second, where I'll be like, I guess I feel like what I learned from my grandmother. What we're done, Lauren. <laughs> it's like good therapy, I guess. That's exactly what's like, going to happen. Yeah, where they're in the middle of yeah. It, well, no, I don't think it's too abruptly because I think it's I, I think it's just it's abrupt because people are always like, yeah. So and then we went to the concert. We're done. <laughs> Well, I, I don't, guess, how I don't you to do it? Bad. I don't think it's that bad. Oh, I don't think it's bad. I think it's, I was just, you know what? I just have I think it's hilarious. Just, I'm sort of a true, no, I'm just it, What, did you think it's hilarious? Yeah. That I don't like think a it's hit or miss. Word. Okay. big thing to say about yourself.
1: You were telling me, um, uh, much like Randy and Jay, we're talking about Band of Horses, how they opened up. A bunch of people have talked about how they've opened up for other uh, acts.
2: I know. I'd, and actually, I know. <laughs> Sorry, but I didn't even know that was a thing. I've never seen a show where a stand-up opened up. Um, I do remember hearing about, was it Bobcat Goldwaith who who opened up for Nirvana? Is that oh, right? Am uh, I making this up? Fact checker. Matt um, Belknap,
1: always on the fact checker. Because
2: checking. he told some story about it. He took all his clothes off at a Nirvana when he opened up and was like, uh, like did something. I don't know if that was the funny part or if that was like some kind of drug thing. But I don't know. Something happened. I thought it was him. Bobcat. Um, is that true? He opened up for Nirvana. Yeah, he's shaking his head. So but you were Bobcat. saying you were approached
1: by somebody. I was
2: approached by... by an artist you really like. Oh, yes. I was approached um, about 10 years ago by... I wasn't approached by Ana DeFranco herself. Let's just give a pause after that name. People, let pe- let it sink scream, in for people. Scream. Someone might have passed out. Totally. Let DeFranco. Oh, get your leather shorts on um, for that <laughs> Ana DeFranco. She... Um, I had a friend who played um, piano for her in mm-hmm. Seattle, and I wasn't super close to the friend, but... Um, Anyway, friend of a friend kind of thing. You know, she knew me. But anyway, she, she had gotten the word out to this this group of friends. <laughs> this is so – I'm like, there's this one friend. There's another group of friends. Yeah. And there was sort of a forest around us. Anyway, do you know where I am right now? <laughs> um, and a <the> fog. <laughs> I had a friend who was like, you should open up for Ana DeFranco because our mutual friend is playing piano for her. And I'm gonna And then the friend Who plays piano Got word that like Oh yeah definitely They they all started All our Seattle friends Are talking about How I should open up for her Mm -hmm. I didn't understand What that meant I didn't know I don't do stand up Right So I was like Do I Should I God should I start Writing songs or something Or do they do that Like you take a big artist Like that And they just sent Something about somebody (laughs) Like Lauren She wants to foster You should open up for her Start writing songs Or Mm -hmm. a dance piece Or some kind of like I mean I didn't know What I was supposed to do Because I do solo theater I'm not gonna do like I'm not gonna come out On stage in the character Of my mother lauren come down <laughs> that just seems a little yeah you know or like my jail show like here's like women yeah. and though maybe the honored de franco crowd would like that um
1: an 85 minute show about yeah
2: that would a woman be, in prison yeah, i can't do excerpts people ask me yeah. it's gonna come up i think i love that yeah 85 or nothing yeah totally <laughs>
1: click we're done
2: yeah over um so i the, about opening up for her and i love her so much and then i was going to go see her in um, New York City. She was coming uh, where I was living at the time. And the idea was I was going to go see her in concert and then we're going to go out afterwards with Ani. Mm-hmm. Um, Ani. Um, <laughs> I like to call her. Um, it being her name. And so, uh, and I was just going to go out afterwards and we're going to sort of, they're going to like, oh, we'll introduce you and she can she can see how great you are. <laughs> I mean, the whole thing is just a horrible, for me, a horrible set. It's the same thing as saying, Lauren's hilarious. I'm like, oh, I'm not. Like, they're like, she can, they'll see how, she's going to see how great you are. I'm like, it drinks afterwards? If like that's gonna, I feel like I would be, I don't know, it would be John Belushi by the end of the night, just like doing drugs and trying to be as funny as I could. The pressure was too much. Sure, That's what I mean, John. Uh, I understand. Okay, yeah. So I go see the concert, and I lo- again, I love her. Do you like her?
1: I, you know, my sister and I. My sister was a huge. She's my younger sister who was a big fan of hers when mm-hmm. I, we were younger. Lesbian. And- my sister's not a lesbian. Oh, uh, well, um, she
2: probably is because she's listening
1: to Yeah, she, she dabbles. No, she yeah. doesn't.
2: <laughs> dabbles. She does. That even sounds like a thing that you do with a, a woman. A dabbler? Yeah, do you know what I uh,
1: mean? Just a- oh, I met this woman. She's great. She's a dabbler.
2: Yeah. No, it sounds like something it's like a sexual furry. instruction right. to someone. Exactly. Like, don't, no, don't do that. Dabble it.
1: Yeah, I'm into dabbling.
2: Ooh, that made me feel sick. So
1: <laughs> sorry. Gross. Anyway, point <laughs> being, she she liked and Franco. There's a group of bands, uh, musicians she liked. I wasn't as into... And It may have just been because she liked them. Does that make sense? Yeah, so totally. I don't think I've given a full. Well, I think it's. Lady. I, I don't want to say
2: it's just lady music, but man, did it get like I loved all her. Like anyway, she's just she's very much like walked in town. No one knew us. Like she's very like it's only us against the world. Right. Like it's all about being. You know, mostly I just picture her in, like with another woman being being ostracized in small towns. Mm-hmm. You know, but that's not her whole story. Sure, um, that's just what I. Thirty-two thought.
1: flavors is that an Anita Franco song, something like
2: that. I don't know. I don't only know. Flavors. I, there's a I I know like four really well. Um, and the rest, I'm because I'm not good at, at uh, remembering things because of some stuff. <laughs> um, but I uh, okay, so I was gonna go. So I go out to I go see the concert. It's amazing, and the whole time I'm nervous about going out afterwards. Sure, And I'm trying to think of like God. What should I do? And again, it's like maybe maybe she th- she thought that again. Okay, I, I don't know what I'm gonna do, and I'm about how I am right now, where I can't even form a thought about what exactly I would do if I opened up for her. Yet I still want to you know have a chance to meet her. So we go to the uh, a restaurant and Ani's there with a the guy who's got like dread dreadlocks he's very cool which to me still at the time meant like cool i'm you know, from indiana what are you going to do right Rye was like, oh, was awesome. He's like, a, And he wasn't a white guy with dreadlocks, you know what I mean? He was a, he was a black man with dreadlocks, so it seems slightly more appropriate to me.
1: <laughs> more legit.
2: More legit. Yeah. Um, and so he, and they were talking about BET, how, and the conversation was super political in my mind, because they were just like, do you know that BET is being run by white people? And I was like, oh, that's outrageous. Like, <laughs> and I am like, that, that's wrong. And at the time, I was like, oh, like, even the thought, like, I, even participating in that conversation, something like that, I felt like, like, I'm really making, I'm changing the world, you know, I'm making a change right now. (laughs) like Ani does you know I'm helping whatever I'm like this is like Martin Luther King's work here at this you know (laughs) because I'm discussing these sort of very complicated issues of how white people are running BET which is wrong
1: definitely wrong I'm against it it's black entertainment television
2: exactly it's not wet You it's not wet. I mean? no, no. Yeah, and so those anyway, are
1: all the other channels. Exactly. FYI. Yeah, I should have been at that dinner. Um, totally. You would have been great. I could have opened up. You would have been
2: totally opening for her
1: with my white guy rapper character <laughs> that we talked about earlier.
2: <laughs> I was thinking a dance piece. See, every time you see opening up, I can only think dance piece. Oh. That's why I'd be a horrible opener. They'd be like, "We didn't. We're not even a dancer, Lauren. Why are you doing that? Like, I don't know. I just thought this would be a good opening thing. Um. Anyway, because people can talk and still look at you if you're dancing. You know what I mean? It's not sure. Like yeah. Have to listen as natural. Much. Yeah. Anyway, so I. Um, she told the story about that about or she was they were all talking about that actually. It wasn't a beginning, middle end story. I had some notes for her about structure of her story um but i so then I decided to tell a story about um me dating a black guy, <laughs> which i'm already i'm offended right now that I just said that like that's even so like but I said again, <laughs> right. even ten years ago i wasn't I didn't have the wisdom I have today no um, so I tell the story about dating this guy who had asked me to tell should I tell a little of the story? yeah you know, do you think was, you're like yeah i'll see in the end no, no, Just no no start going like that with your we're done with that. <laughs> i'll say we're done um, in
1: the middle of the story if i don't okay
2: like it. so that anyway i was I'll t- quickly i told a story that it sometimes is funny to some people but at that evening it was not so funny because there's something that took a turn when i was telling it well actually it's not funny because it's about about mental illness so maybe that's not funny to everybody like people <laughs> maybe you know what i mean sure um as hilarious as it is to me <laughs> anyway bipolar um i uh I told a story about how my boyfriend had asked me to tell him the weirdest sexual thing I'd ever done, which I wasn't going to do because I did not want to actually get in any trouble. And so instead, I told him some stupid story. Where I was like, at one time, then we hit the light switch and then the lights were on. <laughs> <laughs> so that was crazy. Well, even that made him like super jealous. And he was a uh, he was a jazz musician. He was a bit of a chronic pot smoker is an odd dude. Um, and he uh, he was naked. While I was telling this story. This is disgusting. <laughs> God, I wish I had some snacks. I'm nervous. I wish I'm I could sorry. eat. You want me to um,
1: stop this and go um, get some pretzels yeah, downstairs. I would love some
2: pretzels. And this is so dumb. I never crave chicken fingers, but I'd like a chicken finger. We Ugh, can stop down. Disgusting anyway okay so i tell him the story he jumps up out of the bed as i'm telling him and again i try to keep it a light funny story i don't tell the sexual gr- i wasn't like and then i walk in blah, blah, blah. i was telling it like ha ha, ha ha funny and then he didn't like to hear about me being with anybody else super jealous guy and he jumped up and i um he, i hear a cutting noise and he is cutting his hair off and then he ran <laughs> <laughs> so I'm realizing as i'm telling this that auditor franco is like who is the woman at the end of the table telling because i'm making everyone listen there's like a table <laughs> of like all these hanger honors and i'm like so he cuts his hair off and then he runs out of our apartment we're living on the top of um in seattle top of queen anne um super white sort of bougie area in parts and um he runs out naked onto the street with like and he had he had cut parts of his hair i mean he was having a he was freaking out and he was trying to control his emotions by cutting his hair off and running out naked
1: so this is i'm sorry this is (laughs) this is the story within the story (laughs) yes okay
2: yeah and i don't know why as i'm telling it now
1: yeah, why like, did you start telling what you in the first place? Line
2: did I think I was I think I wanted to show her that I dealt with some some real dark stuff.
1: <laughs> I think <laughs> like you just I wanted to
2: relate to her in you, a way.
1: You you saw a white woman and a black man. <laughs> And you just wanted to say, I'm I look I dated a black man too.
2: Yeah, and then I ended up making him make it seem like, you know, wow, he was crazy. But you know, was it wasn't about race, our problems, it was about crazy. Right. You know, like I was trying to then I got into more complicated things as I was like, yeah, we broke up and and it wasn't a black white thing. I know we were talking about the black white thing, but even though the last thing he said to me when we broke up was now you can go back to your latte lunches, which I guess he thought that was a white thing that I would be going back to now <laughs> that I was broken up with him. Um but uh it wasn't. Um so I got into this horrible complication i think what i wanted to do is tell a story that showed that like some depth and so maybe something i could open up for her concert like hello <laughs> like just, like some weird 12-step thing i am like, hey, like to st- tell a story everybody shh you know um i don't know why but oh my god the table and everybody at the table was because uh, Annie goes because they're all waiting for her to react you know they're always like sure. what does the queen think you know she pleased and she was not pleased and she she goes that's the worst thing i've ever heard and I was like, yeah, well, I've got more. <laughs> <Is> anybody <laughs> getting another round? Or, I was like, she's not laughing because it wasn't funny. Right. But I no. thought that, and you can't tell those kind of stories in a big group setting. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) know what you mean. (laughs) Like crazy. Yeah, well, I learned that that lesson. So I'm not opening up for her.
1: So you didn't open up. No, so I ended up not opening up. I was sure that would end with you opening up. Yeah, you know,
2: everybody's always like, what? Yeah. Yeah, I was surprised, too. Because I was still coming up with that whole, like, what do I do? Tell a story about, like, past abuse and then dance as an opening (laughs) thing. Right,
1: yeah. And he was bipolar. Ladies and gentlemen, Ani DeFranco.
2: (laughs) I think because she told a story. She had a song about, like, being in a small town. With her girlfriend, everybody like being so, you know, yeah. ostracized, you know, about being an outsider. And it made,
1: I IT. would see totally why she yeah.
2: would have
1: <clears throat> come around on that yeah, one. Yeah, so
2: that was that was my Ana de Franca opening story.
1: <clears throat> you opened your segment with an Ana de yeah, opening story. Yeah, I opened,
2: yeah, you're right. It's, wow, this is really intense, the things that are happening here. But before that, yeah.
1: you said... Right? You lived in Amsterdam. So you that was when you were living in Seattle, which you did for a while.
2: I was living in Amsterdam while I was living in Seattle.
1: No, before you lived in Seattle. What? Didn't you live in Amsterdam? To
2: did I Did that Before I lived in... Yes, I did. Okay. That's right. Oh, what a fun thing to do. Yeah, no, I did. <laughs> um, I know. I sound... Okay. Uh, You're just
1: well-traveled. That's all.
2: Yeah, I'm not trying to brag. I just... It's
1: important to me. I'm filling the gaps in Lauren Weedman's yeah, geography.
2: Um, yeah, I was in Amsterdam before that. And Amsterdam was... That was a super heavy... Um, Story too. No, I was kidding. There was a super heavy music, like concert going. Like the day that I left, the day before I left America, and I was super aware because I was like twenty one, and I was like, I'm going to Europe tomorrow. I'm like, it's funny these fries taste everything. I remember I was so nervous <laughs> that I was eating the day before I left, and I was like, this tastes like sand. This tastes like sand too. Like I, I was so nervous <laughs> about travel, but I, I couldn't identify, right. You know, stress. Anyway, um, I just a little side note, kind of a fun thing to know. that it Sure, taste like people can relate to, to that. Yeah, I just wanted people to bring him in with a detail that people uh-huh. are like, oh, I too. People will love that. Yeah, I, I'll get an email about that. Um, anyway, so I went to see David Bowie <laughs> in concert, and David Bowie is my, I don't want to say ultimate, but he's my ultimate. You can. Okay, I said it. My ultimate, He was growing up my ultimate. Did you like Bowie?
1: I really didn't get into Bowie until much later. Like- I have nothing. Why am I here? Like early L.A. When I moved to L.A.
2: Really? Like Let's Dance or something?
1: No, no. I mean, I don't even count that. Like, I sure, I love I China Girl. I was
2: testing you. I no. was like, do you like Let's Dance? Yeah, Talking fun. Ziggy Stardust. Right. You know? Yeah, I was, I'm way into I, I, That was my thing growing up. I was way into Bowie. Um, in was, Indiana, when you in grew up Indiana. in Indiana. Right. Yeah, which is like, you'd say that. To, I remember saying that to somebody, <clears throat> and he cut all his hair off, <laughs> <laughs> and he ran naked into yeah. the street. It's happened to me twice. That's no, the worst um, I didn't thing i ever, that. ever heard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> that's how I, I'm going to yeah. end, by the way. That's how we're going to end the segment. I'm just going to say that's the worst thing i ever heard. <laughs> Thanks, Lauren. And then <laughs> and, we'll be done. Just and so and you know, I'm preparing is, you for I it. find that comforting. Okay, well, that will that. happen.
2: Yeah. Um, I was really into Bowie. What was I going to say? Oh, that one's going to go see him on concert. Um, yeah, in Indiana, it was a big deal. Because I'd say I liked Bowie. and had some people like, yeah, okay, I guess feel like a gay person. And I'd be like, yeah, because
1: most people were like Randy J, who and myself, who were into like classic rock and Huey Lewis and that sort of thing.
2: Yeah, no, and somehow the people thought Bowie was immediately like. I remember just always, and I think the problem why I love Bowie so much. It made I I did date a lot of effeminate men because of because I'd be like he's got such a Bowie Mm -hmm. profile, Mm -hmm. and then they would be um, basically women. So gay, you know, I dated a lot of gay boys in high school who had very thin. Like mm, sort of anorexic-looking, beautiful faces, and I would sketch them, and then I'd go in for a kiss, and they would go, "I don't stop it!" like that, and they push me <laughs> <it> away. And, <laughs> <laughs> just- um, anyway, so I um, went to see David Bowie before I left for Amsterdam. I went to see his concert, and that was a big deal, I guess, sort of, and that concert was incredible. I was, actually, what I remember as soon as he came out, that I like had a, I went into a uh, uh, I, I stood up with my arms over my head, and um, I never moved my position past that like I never stopped like the whole concert I, I froze <laughs> into a weird like grandma seizure like like all my muscles tight because I was so excited to see him like he was such a anyway so I saw him and then went to Amsterdam and then um in Amsterdam I was with a I had a Dutch boyfriend mm-hmm. who was obsessed with uh Billy Bragg hmm. and um do you know him sure okay I just want to connect I'm just trying
1: uh, someone when I was in high school someone put Valentine's Day is over on a mix mm-hmm. and I thought it was the saddest thing I'd ever heard it is the saddest thing I've ever yeah. heard
2: someday we'll yeah. ch- yep, that-
1: that's how it goes yeah okay
2: um there's <laughs> very well, that- sad and, and then that then Billy- was a sad
1: version that you did yeah
2: I was trying and you to- could have
1: opened Annie DeFranco with that that is so true acapella
2: yeah and Billy oh god Billy that actually DeFranco- would have
1: been a good opener for Annie DeFranco
2: isn't that funny the stuff you think of 12 years later time like, machine oh, god if only then again I could send an email now and just be like I had a thought Annie I don't know what you're up to it. I'm just going to throw it out. But I was, and and actually Franz, my Dutch boyfriend, introduced me to a lot of really good... His name was
1: Franz? I'm sorry, I'm just...
2: No, I say that just to protect him. It was actually Hans. (laughs) (laughs) Because I don't want to, you know... Yeah, yeah, change the name. Absolutely. So Hans Franz, let's say Hans Franz. Yeah. Because it's just like he's foreign. Yeah. Yeah. And he, he actually introduced me to a lot of great a lot of great music and it was the Billy Bragg thing and then uh, there's Billy Bragg and Prefab Sprout and some other and I saw Billy Bragg in concert in Amsterdam I am um, oh, sorry, I just had a flash of something else I have to share it's about your um, I'm, like I'm a medium it's about your sister you need to call her no yeah. I just had a, a in flash in three years I just really the last concert I saw I don't know I'm jumping around I'm um, sorry but um, the last concert I saw <laughs> in Amsterdam was Macy Gray mm. and I'd been obsessed I, I went back I was visiting I um, visit Amsterdam and I uh, I love Macy Gray I loved her first album at least mm-hmm. and um, she uh,
1: I don't say goodbye is that
2: her? I don't say goodbye <laughs> what is it? I'm not sure I if don't that's it go I don't wanna Gray?
1: go if I stumble I don't wanna go I
2: try to What's say it? goodbye I try to say goodbye yeah try okay. try, <laughs> I try to say I to, hmm, try to say you're up here I'm down here try to say goodbye every time I can't get the song now I wanna hear it <laughs> what is it? I try
1: to say goodbye and I choke
2: I uh, uh, try to walk uh, away, hand-hacks uh, right, ball. right, right. Yeah. Know, It's clear. Oh no, um She. I was so into. I was so excited to go see her. It was a main focus of the Amsterdam trip, and then the entire concert was somebody told the guy in front of me that i was american so my entire experience of the concert was this guy's face because he kept blocking me because he kept turning around he was like yeah i have a question what is when bush was president yeah so uh, tell me this why does bush why does he think he can run the world why, why, why do americans think, I have a question yeah why do <laughs> americans really think they can do everything right you really don't think you, have you ever traveled besides it yeah why do? and that was my whole concert it was just him going like yeah america and i was like listen i'm so with you i just want to see macy and she didn't really <laughs> sing she mostly just like sort of you know kind of...
1: Told stories and...
2: She told stories about... She'd also had some weird things happen with some exes. And so... And (laughs) I like that in a concert. (laughs) I do like storytelling in a concert. Yeah, absolutely. I'm trying to think what I hate when they don't, actually. We just go from one to the other to the other. Yeah,
1: burn through their hits.
2: Yeah, like Lucinda Williams. I saw her and she was just like so nervous to perform that she Mm. had her like her notebook out and just like did one song after the other and i was like gosh what did she have for lunch we don't know anything tell a story yeah exactly yeah. where did you connect. get those shoes yeah
1: yeah
2: what what happened to that guitar yeah you know that kind of stuff stop I like, singing <laughs> i want to learn about you <laughs> that is why i like singer-songwriters so much and so, anyway okay um but yeah the amsterdam thing when i said i had a, a story about it, it was more that it, it was like Franz had, had given me all this great music, and then when we broke up, all I did was I was it was in um, Amsterdam for. About five years, and about right after we broke up, I started to I started working at this hotel, who um, uh, where I was the only American there, and I was super Dutch people, and I spent a lot of my days again, kind of like the Macy Gray concert, where I'm trying to see the world around me, but uh, my view is blocked by heads in my <laughs> face asking me things like, "Lauren, I have a question. Why are Americans' butts so big?" You know, and they, I'm not kidding. They would ask me like, <laughs> "Why?" They're, I'm like, "They're not. I guess they're because we were, were hungry, or I don't know." Like, I had to constantly, a- I had to, I had to always answer for the entire country, <laughs> and I was only like 22, um, and so I started to feel when I, I just, I had a hard time at this at this hotel. I was always like, "Oh, like a little overwhelmed by the, the being the the only American," I guess. Mm-hmm. And so I started listening to country music for the first time in my life. God, that's really hard to say.
1: <laughs> it's very growing up in Indiana too.
2: See, but I at the you time you just
1: shunned it. I never heard Bowie. country
2: music growing up. Right. I mean, I listen. My mom listened to Helen Reddy. That's the one thing we. She had this big. We had a van that we listened to eight tracks of Helen Reddy. I am strong. Oh, I love no, that's not I, her. That's
1: Ann Mer- Who is no, that's Helen? right. Uh, that I am a, That was her big song, right? Yeah. Okay. And
2: the only thing I liked about Helen Reddy was just because I I would because I, I would do an imitation of her, and I was always into like trying to sound as exactly like hers. It comes kind of a rich little.
1: You definitely are. Yeah,
2: I get that a lot when I tell people first. Barry Sobel, and then they tell me Rich back.
1: Little. Yeah.
2: What was the first one?
1: Barry Sobel. Who's Barry Sobel? He's the comedian they were talking I about. I know. He's I didn't know
2: who that was. He he was a,
1: kind of big in the 80s.
2: I'd God, say. don't tell him I didn't know. He hosted MTV.
1: Company. Right. Yeah, he oh, was one did? of the first MTV. No, I wouldn't say personalities, but like. Well, I talent. really like his
2: name. His name. Barry I, Sobel. I Barry Sobel. That sounds funny. We'll email him. Okay. Yeah. We'll try to. We'll let them know. Yeah, thanks.
1: But you're... So you're... What?
2: Are you going to say we're done?
1: Nope, not yet.
2: (laughs) Okay, because I got this little dread here. (laughs) I can feel it.
1: No, because first I'll say that's the worst thing I ever heard. Then we're done.
2: Okay, all right.
1: Yeah. No, no, we're not yet. Okay, good. No, because you still were... You are talking about how you you got all this country music.
2: Yeah, starting in country... Yeah, there's... You know, there's actually a better... I should have... I Should have thought it through more. There's was a better <laughs> Thank through you. line. Yeah. Sorry. I mean, I do. I'm invested. You know. I'm happy. To be no, here. you're. It's not like you're dialed in. Yeah. Yeah. It's just that I have a quit. Yeah. I do want to take phone calls. I hate when they say you can't take phone calls. You're doing something like this. I'm just like, <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> that doesn't seem right. Um, what if work comes through? You sure. Know. Yeah. Um, no. I. No, my when, phone's
1: on. It just when, hasn't I, rung.
2: Well, you know, it was like when I had this romantic thing with Am- with Franz before we went to Amsterdam. We're listening to Billy Bragg. I did think that was some of the best music I'd ever. I loved it. I loved. I thought that he he was a. I was I was a huge fan. I was singing. It all the time and, and it was super romantic you know about like there's a lot about i don't know the proletariat. Being a little black cloud in a dress you right know? i was like i want to be a little black cat cloud in the dress except you know, at 200 pounds but whatever you work it out um
1: i hate the asshole i become whenever i'm with you
2: oh yes exactly
1: yeah
2: then there's sexuality do you know that song he did kind of a corny one at the i still love his corny stuff He's with Wilco, too. He did it album with Wilco. Yeah, sure. It's beautiful. I know, how you feel. I know how you feel about him. I do. Into that music. And then we get to Amsterdam, and then um, things are sort of breaking apart. We go see the Pogues. Mm-hmm. And the Pogues, um, Franz, who was sort of a god in um, Indiana, you know, because he was foreign you know, and very tall. And mm-hmm. so that was sort of like a a, a god to people. Um, and uh, <laughs> people would follow him around in the grocery store and touch him, you know. <laughs> he was a big, tall person. Sure. Six, seven. And Dutch, um, and angry, which is always kind of exciting in America. Not as, more, as much fun when you get him back in his own country, though, you know, because then you're like, oh, you're all angry. Like, uh, yeah. stuck out a lot, you know? It's like, um, <laughs> and we went to go see the Pogues, and I wasn't a fan of the Pogues, but I it was an awesome concert because I've never seen a more intense scene in my life. This guy was out, the, guy, the main guy, um,
1: Shane McGowan, right? Shane McGowan.
2: Okay, I was. Gonna, I'm like Sean something. Sean Thomas. Um, Sean uh, Shane McGowan. He was so messed up that he couldn't sing at all. Yeah, he was basically just like falling down and so. And Franz stood up and screamed, um, it, "Play a song! Come on now!" Like, <laughs> like I totally. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, you can't like. As if he'd be like, "Oh, I'm sorry, man. You're right." <laughs> like, and he got up and started yelling at the, And I was so embarrassed that he was like that. I'm like, dude, we're it. This is what we paid for. I came to see this. So you're not going to be like you're going to see like Nirvana. Like, Get your hair out of your eyes. <laughs> oh, that's not a concert. It's not. A, he's not really playing to us. Like that's ridiculous. It's, and I was so embarrassed that he did that. And I remember it was sort of the downfall of us. Then we break up. And then I start working at the restaurant. And then I felt really isolated in Amsterdam. And I actually I rejected America so much, and I was so happy to be an expat. And then all of a sudden, I'm secretly listening to like Willie Nelson. And the first song that actually got me, I didn't think I liked country music at all. And then I. The, um, he sang a version of that. Good morning, America. How are you? Don't you know me? I'm your native son. And I remember being like, I'm I'm a native. <laughs> and I got like affected by that. And then, then I still listened. To, I was listening to Garth Brooks because I I I met this. I know I'm not proud of that. Whoa. God, I, oh, you know what? I, I don't want this out, actually. I don't want this to go in the air.
1: <laughs> you signed a release. Oh, oh no, God.
2: you didn't. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm doing a show in Trenton. And once this gets out, you know, people in Trenton are. <laughs> Nobody
1: knows i hate garth names. brooks
2: yeah well garth brooks it was all the secret thing of it was secret i can't even I, I don't know i was i and i ended up dating some guy from texas in amsterdam who had seen garth brooks songs to me and i didn't know that they weren't cool i just thought it was so sweet that he was like singing like you know yeah. like the dance the day it's like doing the, and i was like that's beautiful you have a great vibrato vibrato <laughs> um yeah so it was that's a to, to be listening to but i didn't tell anybody about it I'm not comfortable now.
1: Just a closeted...
2: Yeah, but country, I listen, obsession? country music it makes me so. Did sad. it make you
1: remember America? I mean, is that no? What because it was? I didn't
2: know any. I, no, I think it just was so American. Right, and it was so overly emotional, and it was so uh-huh. kind of it was so like Jerry Springer music to me almost. So it was just like, yeah, you know, like that pan's not used for frying; it's used to beat me up or something. I don't know. Like uh, that's not a song, <laughs> but I mean, they, you know, what I mean, it was always so kind of detailed and story that I'd be like, oh man, they're so, and the Dutch are so like they can look. I'm like, oh, you seem upset today. No, I'm fine. Like. I'm just like really you never had anything you never had a guy cut off all his hair and run outside or anything like that <laughs> nope not me i'm fine you know the, the dutch are really they don't show a lot of emotion sure. stoic yes stoic could be the word exactly yeah. i like to take why use one word when you can talk for <laughs> yeah. 20 minutes and they would if i laughed a lot when i was in holland people would like come up and they'd be like lauren i just want to tell you i heard you laughing i was down that hallway and i heard you laughing very loud and they're like oh they're just like report it I saw it Very loud, big butt, goodbye. <laughs> and so I, I guess what I missed was the emotive qualities of Americans, you know, who are just like, uh, and I love yeah. my car so much, you know what I mean, it meant to me because my daddy, but, you know, like sure. the stuff that irritated the shit out of me, all of a sudden I was like, oh, people have little stories and little lives and oh, country people.
1: Did you tell Franz that you, that he, this music had sort of... No, 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 no. You just...
2: He's a big snob of music. Everybody's no. There's not one person I know that I'm going to tell that to that's going to go. You know what? I like that. I listen to some Garth Brooks some, sometimes. <laughs> no, my friends are so snotty and so mean. Everybody knows that I have no sense of self, and so they can beat up on me. I like we're like my friends come over and they're like they bring their own iPod to take mine out immediately and put theirs in. Because they're scared that it'll be nothing but... I do a lot of female singer-songwriters. And I, get, I just have to wait to go to Seattle and be with my lesbian friends, I guess. Because we love them up there.
1: Sure, definitely. But I don't
2: have friends who... like My friends are all really like, Oh, Lauren, it's ridiculous. You, you don't know about the Silver Jews or the, whatever. Is everyone called the Silver Jews? Or am I just saying that because you're Jewish? And I just <laughs> thought of the color, color silver. No, Silver like, Jews a are a band. Definitely a band. Yeah, they're awesome. right? I have a friend who like was like, Lauren, you've got to start watching. Or start l- watching. Well, yeah, you can watch music. <laughs> It makes no sense. Lauren. Oh, God.
1: (laughs) That's the worst thing (laughs) I ever
2: heard. Okay. Thank you so much. It's been fun. No,
1: thank you. Seriously, Weedman, that was great. Thank
2: you. Did you call me a woman? Weedman, yeah. Oh.
1: Seriously, woman. (laughs) I was was quoting a country song. That's a Garth Brooks song. Called Seriously, Woman, You Were Great. (laughs) No, thank you, Weedman. In a non-abrupt way... uh, Thank you for sharing those tales with us. Well, I feel better. Do you have anything else you'd like to add? So we can... Lose, end I do it have, on like, an opening. earlier
2: childhood. Can I talk about oh, that's that? That's okay. Maybe the
1: next time. Okay. Will you come back again? We're done. We're done.
2: No, we're not, I'm not coming back. We're done.
1: Well, I want to thank you for being on the show. Thank you. Before we go, Matt Belknap, as always, with some info, just showed me this on Wikipedia. Apparently, Bobcat Goldthwaite, who did open up for Nirvana, fact-checking, Lauren <laughs> Um, he said, because it's going to Wikipedia, uh, he offended an audience in Chicago after making a joke about Michael Jordan's recently murdered father. Oh, my God. As a Bulls fan and a and I'm, I'm offended. Okay. But then he also appeared in a promo video for In Utero. Wow, so he had some ties to Nirvana. All right. Just letting you... We're just always keeping you up to date here on Whale Cave. Thank you, Matt. That's awesome stuff. All right. I would like to... There it is. A little more Rogue Wave. I want to thank uh, Randy and Jason Sklar, Lauren Weedman, Matt Belknap as always. And you've been listening to Rogue Wave, who are uh, also, I check this out. They're still they're still playing. So check them out if you can't download their stuff. And email me at Matt, M A T T, at whalecave.com. Thanks for listening. Friends that are never there. Places that they all love. Pretend that they even care. From my false family, she could like you up like a
2: holiday tree in the summer.